Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dial the gate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Welcome, everyone, to episode 49. 49. My name is David Reed. You're watching Dial the Gate. Thanks so much for your time. I hope you're having a great Super Bowl Sunday. Who are you rooting for? I don't know who I'm rooting for. I just remembered, actually, David DeLuise just reminded me that the Super Bowl is today. So, hey, there you go. Hope you're having a, a great weekend, folks. Uh, we have a, a great guest come up, David DeLuise, Pete Shanahan, Stargate SG-1. Uh, before we get started, I would invite you to like, share, and subscribe our channel. We have announced a new Discord channel. The link is above, so be sure to copy it exactly. A lot of fans come together each week in YouTube to chat, and now the discussion doesn't have to end when the show is over. If you like Stargate... And you want to see more content like this on YouTube, it would mean a great deal if you click the like button. It makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm and will definitely help the show grow its audience. Please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click the subscribe icon. Giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops and you'll get my notifications of any last minute guest changes. This is key if you plan on watching live. And expect clips from this live stream to appear on GateWorld.net and the Dial the Gate channel in the next few weeks. So for this episode, we have David DeLuise standing by. If you are in our live stream right now at youtube.com slash dial the gate, you will be able to submit questions uh, to David via the moderators. The moderators will get them over to me. And I appreciate you taking part. Without further ado, Mr. David DeLuise. Where? Right there. Where is there he is. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, sir. How you doing? I'm good. I am up at my family cabin house, and it is... I would take the thing, the iPad... Oh, my God. Me. Yeah, we'd have to read. Oh, <laughs> but it's it's everybody. It's completely propped up so that I am camera eye level. <laughs> I um, I can prop up my phone and stuff to do auditions and things, but the iPad... Has not been properly propped before. Normally, it's like this. You see me like this. Hello. <laughs> so I'm doing well. Uh, I was just in Mexico with my wife, who's now back in Berlin. Uh, we're working on getting her uh, green card. Okay. And that takes time. And uh, uh, other than that, everything is is pretty good in my life. I'm pretty happy. Are you alone I mean, out other than the pandemic happening? Well, you know? yeah, this is true. Are you alone at the cabin or any other, other of the clan out there with you or no, no, just me. My daughter was up here. She lives closer to LA. Okay. Um, about an hour and 45 minutes out. So it's just me. And interestingly enough, uh, this place is called Pine Mountain. And my dad more than 40 years ago bought the house next door and this lot and then built this house. So this is the house that Dom built. Is, is, 
but like I have, I have all the furniture that like my, my breakfast table with my dad, when I was growing up, this is his desk that he had when he had just moved out. Um, I have my mom's desk upstairs. I have a bunch of stuff from my life and also from my life growing up. So this is my happy place. And I have my wand because I'm a wizard. <laughs> I do I do cameos. You, you know cameo, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, where you can go and talk to your fans. Yes, where yes, and I do I do sometimes I make a spell. I do a spell and then sometimes the wand rings and I, hello. I told you never to call me at this wand. I'm so sorry. I'll be right with you. Just a moment. Yes, call me on the other wand. Okay, bye. So I have shtick. I have shtick and I have things to do. Okay. Things are happening. That's legit, man. Good for you. Well, I wouldn't, I mean, I, I, that never uh, was in doubt that, you know, you, you even, even in through all of this nightmare that we're going through right now, you would find your place. So with a wand, no less. Well, don't we, don't we all have to find our place? I mean, we're going to go cuckoo crazy if we don't, you know, adjust and adapt. Yeah. Do yeah. Find some kind of creative outlet, find some way of, of, uh, getting around the the current communication barriers and creating new ones. That's what I love about Zoom, you know, because all the actors have been forced to get on it and, you know, all the behind the scenes people as well to continue to work. And that's, it's, it's, I, I, I have to largely thank the situation that we're in for giving birth to this show. So, yeah. yeah. And, and David, did you know about Zoom prior to pandemic? Yes. I was uh. aware of it, but I never, re- I mean, I didn't have it. So, yeah, I, I was not aware of it. I, okay. was, I was not aware of it. I was aware of the FaceTimes and, and the WhatsApp and the Skypes, yeah, which the Skypes. I mean, why, why go to Skype if you can just FaceTime someone? You know what I mean? At that but point, Zoom yeah. seems to be uh, better. You know, there isn't like a four or five second delay. Sometimes I talk to my wife mm-hmm. who's in Berlin. It's nine hours away and you'll be talking and you talk over each other because there's like a we do a test like a. And one, two, three, snap. And there's like a four second delay. So we, we, we use, but we use it like, like, uh, uh, like walkie talkies. We're like, we talk, we talk, we talk, we talk. Over. over. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. FaceTime is Apple only. And my parents, I'm not getting them anywhere near an Apple product because they don't know how to figure it out. So like we use WhatsApp there. Um, but yeah, Zoom is just, is just great for business. I just love it. Here's your Zoom promotion, folks. Join yes, Zoom. Right. So. I, I have I have yet to generate a Zoom link. I can click on it and I can unmute myself and I can see people. I've actually taught. I teach an acting class for, for kids. And while I was in, uh, I taught a class from here and I also taught a class from Mexico. Um, about 30 kids break ah. it down in the morning for 15 and the afternoon for the other 15. And it's, it's nice. I get to, I mean, it's not easy no. to teach over zoom, but you know, it's nice that I'm able to still uh, work and connect, you know, that's exactly right. You know, we all need that connection, especially. So I was sure. Yes, sorry sir. to hear about the loss of your mom. My condolences, man. Oh, David, um, thank you for saying that she had Alzheimer's for 11 years. And uh, if anybody dealt with Alzheimer's, it's tough. It's tricky. And, um, I, you know, I was with her every step of the way. It was very gradual, which is no fun. I mean, sometimes people would be like, oh, your mom has Alzheimer's. My dad was just diagnosed. 
and you know give me a heads up or you know what is oh, there to, to know about it and a year later their father had passed and i'm like i'm so sorry but yeah my god my mom my mom toward the end was in a a state that she was existing rather than living you know so it was very confusing but thank you for your condolences and i've had so many people reach out my mom was so beloved by by so many people and there was a beautiful article that was in there and we got mel brooks to do a, a, a little thing and we have a friend glenn toronto who's a family friend and who who helped in the past seven or eight years help take care of my mom um and he is the one who really wrote this obituary that was so amazing so wow it's nice to have people that are nice in your life it's nice to have people who you can always count on and who care you know yeah. they they don't come around that often so. this is true hold on to them everyone absolutely if, man everyone. I uh, interviewed you for uh, Dialing Home. Christopher and I both did in season uh, two, which... In that house up in the hills. Right, in the Hollywood Hills. And uh, MGM has not published it. I'm still hoping that they will. Um, But I was like, I'm not going to wait around for them to do it. I'm going to have David on my show. (laughs) So so here we are. So thank you so much for coming back. You've always been good to me. Um, What was it like? growing up in that house not necessarily that house but that the group of people was loud it's it was loud i had you know michael and peter were you know you're the baby at times i was the baby and i was innocent until proven guilty innocent (laughs) there was it was loud. It was wonderful. It was very creative. I mean, our, our dinners were like acting classes, you know, like, let's do an improv. Who can make me cry the fastest? But it was it was always, you know, something entertaining. You know, I'm, I, I'm not a singer. I don't do the singing. But there was singing and laughter and fun. And the people that would come over were, you know, really famous people who, who just were my parents' friends like my uncle like my godfather is mel brooks and my godmother was ann bancroft and we had the carl reiner and norman lear and dick van dyke and carol burnett and um burt reynolds and and Sylvester stallone i mean these are just naming a, a few people some of those we didn't know as well right as as others but oh gene wilder was very and Gilda Radner, just sweet as pie. And, and, you know, they were, they were wonderful, nice people, you know, uh, uh, but also extremely talented. And, 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 you know, hopefully some of that can like rub off on you, you know, whatever. But so my brother, Peter, who I'm sure everyone knows is writer, director, producer of the Stargates um, and, and very uh, into uh, uh, Stargate. So I'll just give you a little background. <laughs> For whatever reason, my parents would go out of town and leave Peter in charge. And Uh-oh. he was only like 17, 18 years old. And you're like, why would you do that? So he would wake us up. He would at like one in the morning, he would wake you up and beat you with pillows. And you'd be like, what is going on? And you would try to turn on the light and the light, the light was out. You're like, what? And you would, and he would literally look at you and go, run. And then he would chase you with a BB gun. Oh, you with a beeping like he would hunt you. He had cut the power at the at the electric box, so you couldn't you know see. 
So then he would just hunt you down. And there was one time where I had like a handgun, BB gun, where you you had to pump it. I don't yeah. know if you remember those. Yeah, the air guns, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, look, the, the, you would only pump it twice. You know what I mean? So it didn't hurt as bad. It still hurt, but yeah. we didn't have uh, paint, paint guns back paint, then. Yeah, I'm old. And, yeah. So there was one time I was hiding, and he shot me right in the area next to, an inch away. I was like, not cool. So I pumped my gun like a million times. And I chased him and I went to go shoot him. And I shot this like glass fixture in the hallway, thick glass. So there was just a little BB gun hole. So we just moved it. So that could see it. <laughs> and then like, a month later, my dad was walking down the hall and it just shattered. And he found a little BB and he goes, where did this come from? Uh-oh. But Peter, Peter would... Um, you know, he was five years older than me, and he would—he sat on me for the better part of my childhood. So. <laughs> oh, uh, and Michael, so it was fun. I enjoyed growing up. We also made um, movies. We made home movies. We, you know, everybody has a studio in their hands right, now. You now. know, but back then, my dad got us a video camera. It was like what? Like one of those, like, hold on your shoulders, goes to like, um, uh, uh, like a, a VCR. Right. Side. If people don't know what a VCR is, but it was like a thing like this that was a battery charger. And then it would go to a VCR thing. So you had these like huge things you had to carry with you if you weren't plugged in at the house and you wanted to go on location. <laughs> three hours. To go out and, and make a, a movie, which was so much fun, you know, like that was some of my best childhood memories, you know, where my brother, Michael, who was in Wormhole Extreme, if anybody remembers, sure the was. Episode, which I was not in, but I love that episode so much. I think it's so funny. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, we just enjoyed making home movies and stuff like that. And, and M- Michael would tell us what to do a lot of the time. He would be, you go over there and do this. And I'd be like, okay, I'm in the movie. You know? <laughs> do people watch Wormhole Extreme oh, yeah. as a as side? I mean, it's it's a standalone, right? I mean, it's its own kind of, it's almost like its own little like movie thing based on the idea of the guy kind of, remembering things and making that tv show right, right? exactly because he, he's um he's on medication now so all of his his memories are gone but in terms of there were hey there were 300 and almost 60 episodes of of stargate and wormhole extreme is regularly cited in the top 10 15 uh, it was a big deal that- you know and that's not just because it was the 100th episode it's because it was it it was taking full advantage of for the first time pointing fun at it po- poking fun at itself which is what right. stargate did very well particularly yeah. sg1 and i would i would think that a large part of that contributing factor is peter you know yeah and Man, i think just a genius he wanted to make jokes i think you know there's just so much one can furrow a brow and be serious and and go let's get him you know or whatever it is it's what i, I do. yes i'd like to bring levity to it for sure that's exactly right. You know, the, but the, the, the great thing about Stargate is that it does have those moments, uh, w- even though it does, you know, do a fair, good, a good job of poking fun at itself. That is an essential ingredient. It does have those moments where it makes you stop and think and go, 
huh, you know, like uh, your uh, your sister-in-law, Anne-Marie, you know, yeah. she was in The Other Side, which is one of the best shows that, you know, Brad ever wrote, you know, it's it's a story about, you know, white supremacy, and it, but it's not even about that. It is about that, but it's not what it is on the surface, and I think that's what's so brilliant about science fiction is how subversive it can be. But yeah. you know, I think I think that Stargate had all of that in spades. One hundred percent. Listen, when I was working with Amanda, mm. there was very complex things going on, and when I, you know, kind of came in and started working on the show, Richard Dean Anderson had said, "I will work for a month of time, whatever thirty days, right?" And what they did was, they would bring him in for one week. And then they would do four episodes of his coverage in that week. So I just had to have one episode in my brain. And I was like, oh, my God, there's a lot happening. I'm trying to focus on what's happening. <laughs> and, but, and then Amanda, Monday, Tuesday, would do episode three. Wednesday, episode six. Thursday, Friday, episode 10. And you're like, how, do you, how are you keeping that in your brain? It's the job. I could have Amanda Tapping. My gosh, and what a, a force of nature she was then and is now. She's one of the yeah, biggest directors still... in Canada. Yeah. You know, I've been trying to book her for months, and every time they're like, okay, we're going to have to look into next month. You know, we, we can't right now. Next month, you know, it, it's like, you go, girl. You know, that's that's yeah. terrific. You can't feel bad for her. You know, or for yourself, it's like you're doing what you've always wanted to do. She's a great yeah. director. I haven't worked her in the direct. I haven't worked with her in the directing capacity, but I've heard that she's amazing. And yeah, she's she's a wonderful person and and decisive and knows what's up and knows the show. Uh, uh, you know, obviously inside and out. But her the the new endeavors that she's directing and stuff. I think one of them didn't she partially create one of the newer shows i don't know i, I wouldn't be surprised yeah she's talented there's, very talented she has so many irons in the fire right now there's there's i think another sanctuary something about sanctuary and uh, a reboot or something like that in development again so i'm not sure what's going on with that but uh uh what at some point we'll have her on and ask <laughs> so so you heard about stargate through peter i'm getting let me back up did you see the feature film did you see it in the yeah in the I 90s I did see the film and, and uh, French Stewart was yes. in it, who I worked with for seven years on third rock from the sun. That's right. And, and I, you know, I, I don't know how many years ago, but I did a rewatch and you see the whole crew in what's his name. What's his name's uh, who's the, who's the actor who John Lithgow. No, no. In, in, in Stargate in the movie. Um, oh, Oh, you're talking. Um, okay, well, I, Kurt Kurt Russell had his his glasses on, and then um, uh, you had James Spader. James Spader in yeah. James Spader, so many things you see. You yeah. pause it. You see the entire crew. Yeah, which is so weird. And yeah, they digitally I, removed that now. Oh, they have. Well, no, no, they can now these days. Uh, you know, but now, I mean, at some point, I'm. Well, I have a special effects friend who lives in uh, uh, Canada and I, I, his name is James. I, I, I think he worked on Stargate and stuff and different shows with Peter and Anne Marie. Mm -hmm. He worked on these shows that I did 
uh, these movies called uh, Pup Star for little kids. But he just recently sent me a documentary on all of Stargate. And it talked about the beginning, like that movie. Also, there was like a lawsuit. There was a person who wrote something called, you know, like Egypt Wars or, or yeah. there was the word Egypt in it and, and won. And one, wow. uh, I believe that a judge said that his material was close enough that they had to like, oh, pay him. Oh, no. fine. Okay. <laughs> and you've James never heard Titchener. this? No. No, wow. I've not heard this. James Titchener, I think, is, is who you're referring to. Yeah. And, and, um, and then they also talked about the movie, I think, made $70 million domestically and then foreign and made like $120 million. It exploded. Even though it got a 49 from the critics and but like a 70 from the fans, you know, so it was it was interesting and, and it was very successful. And then those guys went off to do independent other Day. movies. Yeah. But then we're going to come back to Stargate. Correct. But then Canal bought it and started doing the the series. And so those guys were like. We're we're out. We're we're going and made Independence Day and many other big movies like like that, you know. But it was so interesting to hear the backstory. If you haven't seen this documentary, which I, I yeah, please send it to me. I, I okay. will send it to you. Yeah, I, you're you were you were like what? There's a Stargate documentary out. So absolutely, I yeah the the Egypt and aliens thing. I'm not surprised at that part of it at all because that that was heavily borrowed for that that feature film so um but you uh you came in in a prominent guest starring role in season seven peter had been involved i think since season two of sg1 if i'm not mistaken he he was involved season two and and when it was still on on showtime Mm -hmm. i didn't know that yep yep he has cameos going as far back as season two of the show. So interesting. So I know, I know this for a fact. Peter was up there, you know, Cannell uh, uh, did 21 Jump Street. Mm. Peter came back to America's. It wasn't very fun. All his connections really were in Vancouver, you know. And by the way, 21 Jump Street and like wise guy, there were like three shows, whatever it was, there were three shows that started in shooting in Canada. And it was like the beginning of, I mean, obviously Canadian television was happening, but it was one of the, you know, the tax incentive was huge. I think it was like 25 or 30% even. It's so a big deal. Really get your bang for your buck up there. Right. And Peter had all these connections, directed several of the um, 21 Jump Streets, and then went back to do other directing things up there with through Cannell and stuff and a director on Stargate was slated and then I don't know got sick or something happened and they were like we're in a pinch and they went with Peter and I'll wow. never forget he they liked my stuff I was done early and I had like I don't know 52 setups of camera stuff you know what I mean so he got a lot of coverage which is important for the editor to be able to cut stuff together. And he then, you know, because that one director was sick or whatever happened, he then Changed became everything. I can't, part of the show. 
I cannot imagine what Stargate SG-1 in particular would have become without Peter DeLuise. I don't know either. I mean, without the, the Jaffa. I mean, the, he you know, was, was so important to that show. And I would, I would give, I would give a, di- a digit to get him on. <laughs> David, I almost swear, you know? You know, he, he's done a lot of this. And uh, Peter and, and myself and Michael went to Germany and to, to, uh, to uh, uh, France. They did conventions together a long time ago. Um, and, and he did a lot, you know, uh, of of that kind of stuff, and you know, at a certain point, you want to move on, and and I don't blame him. Go on the next thing. Although, pretty much all the Stargate fans are very happy to continue Stargating. That's exactly right. I'm very thankful for it. That it is a show that, uh, as Brad Wright and many of other people have put, is evergreen, and every new generation interprets it in in their own um, their own sphere. And I think that that's one of the benefits of this series is that you can gain new, um, like I, I grew up on next generation and deep space nine and, you know, at watching them as a kid is one thing, but then you watch them as adult and as an adult. And it goes back to that subversive nature of science fiction. It's like, wow, there is so much more here on another go around that I didn't even notice. And, you know, mm. that's one of the nice things about about um, discovering a lot of these shows as kids is you get to reinterpret it as adult as an adult. And you find so much more there that you weren't even aware of before. Or maybe, yeah. you know, maybe it's just in your own mind and you're just reinterpreting it in a different way. You know, well, it's I the, mean, you can read a book when you're 15 and read a book when you're 30. It's totally it's totally exactly different. Right. You're different. You're a different person. So. I was a big on Next Generation as well, and and uh, so you didn't watch any of the originals. Prior oh, absolutely, to that? I did. I just it just okay. really cut my teeth on Next Gen. I definitely grew up with the original as well. Because my dad, we had a. a I'm going to say the word VCR or the acronym VCR again. Wait, what is that? Video what cassette that? recorder. Roger. <laughs> uh, we had, you know, because it was Desilu Productions that yeah. produced it. Lucille Ball Lucille and Lucille Ball. And uh, my dad got a copy of all three. There's only three seasons. All three seasons gag reels. Oh. But it's online now. It's 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 up there, and it is so funny to have, you know, Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy go, you know, as Spock, like, don't worry, baby. I uh, I screwed up this morning too. So. And you're like, what? Oh my God. There's uh, so many like people walking into doors and stuff because it yeah. was like they had timing, you know? Yeah, exactly There's, right. I, I encourage everybody if you like Stargate, uh, if you like Star Wars, one more. If you like Star Trek, check that out. Go in there. My daughter has the call letters tattooed on her side. Oh, NCC 1701? Uh, yes, which was. Roddenberry's original street address, like across the street or something like that. I didn't Peter know that. Told me that. Peter is such a science geek. That that is a great little trivia. Jeez. It's something. It's something that it was like the address of the house across the street. That's where there's my. <laughs> I think. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've got it. I've got one of them right here. 
I loved I loved watching the the Next Generation too, and I I, I worked with Will Wheaton, Wheaton. Um, <laughs> Wheaton on a, on a movie, and I saw him recently. Um, super nice guy, but yeah. remember he asked off the show, and then he asked back on the show, which was very interesting to me. Oh, you mean uh, leaving in season four and then and then returning? Or yeah, I love that you know it's season four. Yes, season four. final mission, was... man. It's one of the greatest episodes of the show. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think so. That's what it was called, final mission. That was his exit episode, and then they had him back at least I think once a year for the rest of the of the series. But he wanted well, he out. Can't... He wanted to ex- explore other options. So, which know? is understandable. You can't blame him. It's a pivotal point in your life, you know. Listen. When you get into these huge franchise things, mm. you know, it's like a band that has a song that people love. And then you keep singing that same song over and over and over again. You want to you want to sing a different song every once in a while, you know? That's exactly right. I understand it completely. Tell us about getting the role of Pete. Mm. I was in Burbank with a friend of mine, John Putch, and Peter called me and he's like, uh, this is how I talk Brother Peter. He talks like this. What is my imitation of Peter? And his imitation of me is this. <laughs> <laughs> he makes me a crazy person. So uh, he said, so uh, there's this um, part coming up and he's a grown-up. In the show, he's a grown-up. And uh, Peter Green, is that his name? Green. Uh, who's the producer? Peter West? No. Green. There's got to be a Green. Peter Green? No, not Peter Green. Uh, Peter Green. A, 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 a producer named Peter? Besides yeah, your brother? Maybe, yeah. Maybe not Peter. There was a producer. Okay. And I'll... <laughs> I have to look. I mean, there must be like a hundred thousand producers. There were the quite a few. Um, I mean, you had Len- you had John Lennick, um... Stargate. <sighs> this will be a while. <laughs> no, wait, hold on. I'm dying here. Stargate Give me a second. Produ- Hell, stand by, everybody. How many? Wait, how many producers do you think are listed? You, uh, trivia. I, I would think. I would think over the course of ten years, twenty, twenty-five. Higher. One more guess. Uh, uh, 36. Wow. 38. <laughs> yeah, there's there's another connection to that. That's how long the wormhole can stay open. Yeah, but also, like, Robert Cooper is a co-executive producer. Right, exactly. Executive, you know, he's, uh, ah, Michael Greenberg. Oh, Michael. A- Absolutely. Yeah, Rick's, Rick's uh, yeah, business partner through Gecko Film Corp. So, Michael said to Peter... What about your brother? And Peterson, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll go I'll call him. We'll see. So he called me and he said, would you, you know, like you, Michael, you know, said your name. And I said, well, why didn't you say my name? Why didn't you put my name in the freaking hat? Like what? Little brother complaint. You know, we, we all have nepotism in our family. Like they did. Michael and Peter did Sequest, and I did an episode with my dad. Yep. And we, you know, go back and forth. When I was doing Third Rock, all of them came and did an episode. So that happened. So, all right, I threw my, uh, Peter under the bus a little bit. But so they say you're going to be Amanda Tapping's um, like old boyfriend come back, right? 
and I was like, okay, so Will Waring directed the first episode that I did. Chimera. And, but but Peter came to me and he goes, do you, uh, you, you, you know, you have to act like a grown-up. And I was like, I have two kids, a mortgage, a thing. Like, I am a grown-up, Peter. You know, he just sees me as his little brother kind of thing. But you're stepping into his playpen. Yeah, I know. and But, but yes. <laughs> in the best possible way. You know what I mean? Like, I, I will give you, right. um, you know, a shiny other Deloise on set. Come He's on. giving you crap. Uh, he really wanted me to be a grown-up. So... I went and I did it and I had some very, uh, you know, grown up scenes with Amanda in in yeah. bed talking about things and her not 100% giving me all the information about her job <clears throat> and not until, and, and, and I did the show and everybody was so nice and great and I get to shoot guns and do stuff and, you know, it's kiss cop. her. Kiss her. A great story about, about making out with Amanda um, which I say sometimes in my cameos, I do cameos on the app and I do things for fans. And I tell this story about making out with Amanda tapping. So, but my wife will hear it. I'll, I'll tell the story in a second and then I'll give you her reaction. <laughs> okay. Um, and it just was so much fun. I had such a great time and I'll just be very open with you guys that that was a very hard time for me personally. Because that's when I was um, getting out of uh, um, not being married anymore. So while this um, situation was happening where I was starting to be a part of Stargate, I was kind of finding my own footing in my own life, right? So I got, when you're an actor, you get free clothes. You get to keep the clothes. Uh, the so cowboy boots story. And was but Pete Shanahan was given boots. That's right. He, he wore these boots, and I still have those boots. I've resold them, and done, done, I don't even know. You probably know how long ago that was. I mean, what was that? Season seven was two thousand three. So wow, it was a long time ago. It's a long time <clears throat> ago, man. You want to do the math and tell me how long ago that was? Uh, so it's eighteen years. But I love this story Whoa, because I remember my you backwards. <laughs> I remember you telling me that, you know, about the boots and how they make you a little taller and stand your back Not up only straight. A little taller, but when you put on boots, and I think that this happens maybe a little bit with the women and the high heels or something. I don't know. I just felt manly. I felt like a like I got my my mojo back, your you know. Back. Hello phone. Yeah, will you hold on one second yeah. and I it's just I have an answering machine, David, and I have to. Let me see. Hey, hi. I'm I'm doing this interview thing. I'll call you after. Okay. Sorry. So the reason I did that is because I have an old. I'm back, everybody. I have an old school answering machine at this house. I have a. It's something called a landline. It's not you know through the air, and. And I love it because remember when we were like a long time ago, we used to leave the house and then come back and we'd be like, like hours and like hours later, someone called me. I have to check my messages. What they say. It's still, it's so fun, you know? So I, I, I didn't know I, I did that. So, um, the, 
the experience of working with Amanda was amazing. I'll just tell the, uh, the if, if, but before you jump to that, um, yeah, the, the, one of the things that I remember you talking about with me and Christopher was that Chimera, this episode came at a time, but like you were saying with your marriage, came at a time in your life when you said I was starting to get David back. Yeah. You know? And it really, it really strengthened you at that time. And I thought that was such a good story. Yeah. It was very empowering. And even though I complained that Peter didn't pick me for Pete Shanahan, I, I really appreciated the fact that I got to work on that show. And it made, it made a big difference in my life to be a part of this, this wonderful thing. And, um, well, there was a beat where Amanda and I go out and we go dancing at like this old kind of retirement thing. Yeah. And we, we go back. No, you know what? That is that, but there was another moment where my character is bringing her to the house Mm. and I'm just like lost in her eyes, you know, and listen, when you do comedy, you, you embellish, you, you, you throw stuff out there. Right. But when you're doing dramatic stuff, usually you stay right on point with what's happening, you know? So I had this moment where I'm looking in her eyes and I'm supposed to leave. And I, I, you know, we have this like chemistry moment thing. And I, I just said, have I left yet? And it stayed in. It was funny, but it was that genuine moment as an actor where I wasn't thinking about anything other than being in the moment with her, you know, which was so nice. But the the story is when we went to the dance thing and then we came home, Will again um, was, was directing this episode. And when we go inside, we're supposed to make out. Now, when you're making out as an actor, you go like this, you go, I have popped a mint just so you know, and I didn't have any tuna sandwiches at lunch. And uh, I'm, you know, would you like me to go right? Do you want to go left? Like, you know, it's like you want to, you want to, you know, be respectful of the other person. And she just said, I'm have at it, you know, like, let's, let's go for it. And I was like, all right. The man is tapping. So I mean, I kissed her. And, and like, I kind of threw her, not threw her, but I put her up against the wall and like, I, I went, I did her neck with, with loving and, and stuff and we made out and it was hot, right? It was good. So obviously when you're uh, uh, shooting something, you need to do coverage and different things right. and, and they beat it. And Will came up and said, you know, we got that in, in one take, like, we're good. We can move on. How do you guys feel? And Amanda Tapping said, oh yeah, no, we're doing that again. And so that was my favorite part. So I tell that story when I'm doing the cameos and, you know, she goes again. So now when I'm kissing my wife, we'll be, we'll be done kissing and she'll go again. (laughs) Uh, So funny, Uh, but yeah, I mean, it comes, it makes me feel good. And, and uh, that was, yeah, that was sweet. It's a good show. You know, I mean, the, she was with with you know she was um her her heart was set aside for jack you know that was that was established you know pretty pretty early on that there there's a layer of sexual tension that runs throughout the show with them 
But sooner which or later, which was genius, which was genius of the creators to have that be something that is, you know, we we call it the Sam and Diane thing on Cheers. Like, are they ever going to be together? Right. It's very, you know, yeah, clever but, of them. While he's her superior officer, that's not possible. So, I mean, there was there was that component in it. But at some point, if the show keeps on going, you've got to give the woman something other to do other to do than just talking science techno babble the entire time. You know, her personal life almost became a joke. And then yeah. you came in and helped show that besides her relationship with Janet and and Cassandra, that, you know, there was there there could be more to her personal life as well. So. Right. And also giving her, you know. The. The awareness that at some point you have to make that decision. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, it, in, and I did not know this, by the way. The whole shipper, not shipper. Oh, God. What a wasp nest you were walking into. Someone was like, we're so happy you're here. And just be careful because there's some shippers here that that really don't like Stalker Pete. And I'm like, who's Stalker Pete? Who is this person? I I was like, what? And I really had to justify myself. I was like, if you're in a relationship and someone is not telling you the truth and you have a funny feeling, you're going to like check them out. You're not a cop. So why wouldn't you go after them to, to see? So that's I what everyone does now talker. today anyway with 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 Google. You know, we all do that now. But 18 years ago, you know, <laughs> which was which was my version of Google. And I got lambasted for it. Um. But I, I have had several be like, I'm a shipper, but I love you. I think you're so wonderful and sweet. And, and I was like, yeah, th- oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but that I didn't know. I was really taken aback. Pete that, didn't warn um, you at all. Peter didn't warn you at all that that, that was, you know. No. Because if anyone no, had their had their pulse, you know, him, Joe Malazzi, you know, they they were watching. And they knew what a huge fan base Jack and Sam had. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. But here's the thing. And this is what I would say to some of the fans. Nothing has happened for many years. And as a human being, there's certain things that need to happen in your life. Eventually. Don't you care yeah. about Sam? Don't you want her to have a little fun? You know? Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> yeah, I loved so it, though. Cool. I mean, that's I, I, I loved the all, all. I mean, at the end of the day, you know what I've wanted her to be with Pete. I don't I don't know. I I kind of let the characters no, do what they, they want to do. Together. They, they, they had to be together. That's the bottom line. It's just, you know, and then but you have to give her something, you know, some, someone to be with. And with all, didn't it end with all of them at a cabin fishing? Right? That chapter they of SG one definitely, but it didn't. It didn't. It, it, it didn't fully answer the question whether they were together or not. There or was a it. deleted scene in Atlantis in an episode trio, where uh, one of the characters they're on a mission. One of the characters asks something. I forget what the line was. Are you, not are you seeing someone or something? But um, I, I I I am seeing someone, and and he's and he's in Washington D.C. And at that point, O'Neill was at the Pentagon. So it, it is, it is it, from all the people who were involved in the show, it is, as far as they're concerned, they're together. And as far as Amanda is concerned, they're together. Yeah. At this point. And, and, 
and Pete Shanahan is just still prime in the uh, corner. Nah, <laughs> I doubt it. I know. He's back in but Denver. He saved so, some girl's life. But now that scene you're talking about was in Stargate Atlantis, yeah. but, right? Yeah, but when yeah she SG1, did a season of the show. She was a regular for a year. Got it. So, But when SG-1 closed, uh, finished, it, they they tried to leave it ambiguous. Right, because you know? Rick was gone after season eight. They went on seasons nine and ten. And so um, – there's in season nine, Malcolm Barrett, uh, one of the uh, one of the uh, uh, FBI pseudo FBI, not an FBI agent, but it's basically that said, how's Pete? And she's like, oh, you know, we're not really together anymore. But she basically communicated that she was not available. So we have to just acknowledge and accept the fact that she's that she's romantically. She's she's set. She's OK. Got she's it. OK. And so is Pete. You know, yeah. Well, it would have been it, what what happened in Threads. I mean, it, it pulls your heart out. You know that scene of you, you know, taking the for sale sign. You know, I mean, it's 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 a weighty scene. But at the same time, if she hadn't done that, and you get into a relationship with her, you get married, you get kids, you get this house with a dog. You know, and ten years later, oh man, what a disaster. So yeah. Well, also the big. There's a big lie in there. That's you know, the point. Of, she has of, to be of, honest with herself and with him. Yeah, which which uh, couldn't really happen, but she could with 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 Richard. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So. I have some fan questions for you. Yes, I'm ready for the questions from the fans. Everyone wants to know what's the name of the Stargate documentary you were discussing earlier. Oh, do we know its name? I don't know its name. Well, I've I have never to heard go of it. to. Uh, was it on YouTube? Everybody calm down just for one second. Um, Stargate the... I'm dyslexic, so stand by. Mm. Definitive history of the... Oh, shit. I'm going to copy and paste it and send it to you. Send it to me. Oh, the definitive history of the franchise. Yeah, this is on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. it's a fan-made one. Okay, so yeah. so you, you've seen this. You're aware of this. I have not seen of it. I am aware of it, though. I'll go and watch it because I didn't know that about the lawsuit. So if that's in there, then God knows what else is in there. It'll be, that'll be worth seeing. So. Who knows? But it was very interesting to me, and, and it wasn't like I was doing research yeah. to talk to you. It was yeah. more my, my friend just knows that I'm part of the the show and so sent that to me. It was very interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> very cool. All right. Re- Summer says, recently been watching, re-watching Sequest. Oh, thank you for the link. Just got it. Recently been watching Sequest and just started the episode that has you, your brother, and your father. Is there any other show that you all appear together on screen at once? And I think you answered that. Yeah, I... I think there might have been. I mean, we all ended. We all did an episode of Twenty One Jump Street, not together. Okay. <clears throat> Third Rock in the Sun. We did an episode where John Lithgow was sleeping with my mom, and I didn't <laughs> know it. And my dad, who was like in the mafia, came to you know tell John Lithgow to like you know watch his back. And Michael and Peter were in it too. Oh, so that's too funny. The, the, the rock and the sun, and basically, I was a 
a, a very glorified extra in the Sequest episode. I, I was running a nightclub and my dad was, interestingly enough, again, it was, this was a long time ago. Okay, so my daughter, who, my oldest daughter, who's now 27, was yep. a baby. Yep, and daggers. A little baby. She's a baby dagger. To, to Florida, you know? Yeah. Um. So, but my dad, we were at a nightclub and he was in like a booth. Because so he's he a smoker. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I mean, we have that at airports, and but that's when you could smoke as right. a human being. And this was like the future where you're not allowed to smoke, but in, in, you know, certain it areas. Was, that but, was prescient, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's got to be something else. We did a movie <clears throat> that Michael directed and produced. Peter wrote and starred in called Between the Sheets. And I was in it. My mom was in it. My dad was in it, too. So oh, okay. we were all in that Between film together. I'll and there must, have, there must have been, I mean, something else that we were all in together that I can't remember, you know, right now. But That's cool, man. You know, those those are the moments that you really cherish. You know, being, I mean, you you have, your whole family has been involved in this industry, you know, for, for so long. And those those little beats where you get together and, right. and well, get, my, get to get together all at once. Which is so much fun. Yeah. And, um, but when, when my dad was doing Stargate and did Ergo, and my favorite part of that is when he goes like this, and then he turns into Peter. Can you resist this? this? Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Absolutely. Teresa, have you directed, or, do you, or at any point do you want to? Hi, Teresa. Um, yes, I, when I was doing the show Wizards of Waverly Place on Disney Channel with the Selena Gomez I directed seven episodes of that and it would, I did the show with the intention of directing that. I, uh, I've done many, many episodes of, of uh, multi-camera sitcom television. And so I knew a lot about what it is. And, you know, really the bottom line is you, you put on a play and you, you, uh, you know, stage the actors open so you can cover them with four cameras, you know, and if you have 10 people on a, in a scene, it's a little tough, but you, you know, you do different passes, different coverage and stuff. So the answer is yes. I directed seven episodes of that. And then I did uh, lab rats, a couple other Disney shows and some Nickelodeon shows. One of them being um, uh, camp rock or something rock and then uh, i did the scott Baio show see dad run and okay. i really loved it and it was super exciting some of the hardest work i've ever done um because oh, you gotta yeah. know single thing and the one thing about um directing is you have to be decisive so there's this guy bob berlinger who directed many many episodes of television he, he did all, almost all the episodes of third rock from the sun and he was a go-to guy. And I asked him, I said, what is number one thing about directing and lunch? And right at that moment, someone came up with a prop thing and said, do you want this blue or green? And he goes, blue. And then they walked away and he goes, I don't know what he was even talking about, but we can always change it back to green if we want. <laughs> like, let's make a decision, you know? Yeah. Uh, so after that, uh, 
I, so I did about 13 episodes of, of sitcoms and then I directed like the kind of a couple of pilots for friends. Um, and one was very much like the, the, how you shoot the office. Um, and other than that, I, you know, I, I did like a short, I directed a short uh, with some friends and I had a couple more meetings and it just kind of fizzled out. Look, I had 13 episodes under my belt. Most of the other directors in that arena had more than 300 plus wow. shows. Now, sitcoms went away. Everything became single camera, half an hour, like Modern Family, right? So it was rare that you would get a sitcom talking when Wizards started, which was whatever. I don't know how long ago. Let's let's go with, well, Selena's what, 27 and she was 14. Selena started when she was 14. And that's when Disney Channel were almost the only people at that time doing sitcoms, doing like that kind of format, mm. you know? Um, so you had directors that were like, dying to direct and had experience beyond experience, you know? So like this guy, Mark Sandrowski, who had done, you know, numerous of television shows, numerous amounts of television shows. So I've directed, it's a lot of work. I really did enjoy it. And um, I I would be open to maybe directing like an independent film or something uh, or a short or something, but you have to really, love the project because it takes over your world for a year mm-hmm. i um produced directed and acted in a um audio play oh. i hesitate to say podcast because it was an actual you know play it was called grandma for president and it's on audible okay we have an audible account i love audible go and check it out and we got mel brooks hey and it's really sweet about this kid who writes a paper about, you know, who would he vote for, Ernie Blanders or Ronald Crump? And he's like, why not grandma? And then she becomes a viable candidate. And it's really cute and sweet. I mean, it's four kids, but a lot of the reviews are, I really enjoyed listening to this with my, with my kids. And uh, I was able to produce it with my, with my wife. It took a year and a half, two years to do 10 episodes and get through everything. And, you know, and and when the audible getting back to us on stuff took months, it was just so weird, uh, but fun when I was directing. I enjoyed the president. Yes. Grandma for president on, on audible. Audible. Fantastic. Ernie Blanders. (laughs) Right. And that was Mel. That was Mel. Mel Oh, that's terrific. And then I play the dad in it. There is something about audio dramas going all the way back to the shadow. I mean, there is there is something very fireside about that that I just one hundred percent. I and drive a lot, for, and I'm always listening. It's very German to um, uh, uh, do audio plays. You know, um, I'm saying that um, audio play, right? So. In Germany, they've been doing it for decades and decades and decades. Like, they do that, you know? And we're just now starting to kind of get into it, more of a, a mainstream kind of thing. Like, Lomi Malik did one. And, mm. and uh, you know, it's where you hear all the sound effects and everything. They put you in the room. It's just you don't see anything. That's the only only difference, you know? 
Yeah, fully produced. Stargate has audio plays. Oh, really? Big Finish Productions put a number of them out. They are excellent. And the oh, cast, the casts, uh, they bring in one of the one of the casts to do one, and they do all the voices and everything else. It's full of sound effects and a score, and and they're brilliant. So, yeah, I, I completely recommend them. I'll I'll give them uh, to I, you if you want them. So, oh yeah, no one heard that. No one heard that. So, <laughs> go buy them, David. Go buy them. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, anyway, very cool. Kronos wants to know, David, what is your favorite type of pizza? Everyone wants to know. Um, thin, sliced, big. Uh, I I will go with you know your classic pepperoni sausage. Um, I could also do like a what's a, what's your basic thing with the cheese and the tomatoes and the basil? Oh, uh, it's um uh oh hell, what is that called? It's a uh, I'm embarrassed. There's a word for it. That's just um uh, I want to say pizza crazy. something. Damn it. We'll figure it out, but yeah. With <sighs> what were your dad's pizzas like? I can only margarita pizza. Margarita, yes, I like a good margarita because you know you you know you know what you're getting. That's exactly you know? right. My dad was a great cook, and um, yeah, I can't imagine make... why with all of his books that he. <laughs> I mean, come on, man! Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, he had these the cookbooks called "Eat This, It'll Make You Feel Better." Um, <laughs> My mother and, owned them. Yeah, well, there yeah. you go. They were good. They were, there's a one uh, sauce recipe that's called "Everything But the Kitchen Sink," and you literally just you know, it's basically like a stew almost that the next day is really good to mm-hmm. eat. Um, and yeah, he just would cook all the time. So what you know, my dad was also a non-waster grew up during the depression. So that's right. The pizza, had whatever was available or left over, you know? So he would just, he would, he was very inventive in the, in the kitchen. So, you know, I would say my dad's probably my dad's favorite pizza was one that was hot and ready to eat. <laughs> and don't leave a crumb. Right. Oh no, we were not, we were not, I mean, could you leave the table un- with a meal unfinished, or did you have to finish? No, the plate? no, there, there was, there was no real, um, being done when you were full. You had to eat what was on your plate. Like that was the rule growing mm. up, you know. Mm. Which I followed. When you went to my dad's house, as soon as you stepped in the door, no matter what time it was, do you want a sandwich? Ah. Do you want to? And I would be like, Dad, I, I, I just ate. I just ate, and he would go. Okay. Now, food. You know, and then you'd sit there and talk for hours yeah. or talk about your day and have some coffee or talk. You'd be there for hours. Yeah. And he would have already made sandwiches. You'd take a bite of the sandwich and you'd go, I knew you were hungry. In my house, it, food meant I love you, you know? Yeah. And um, saying no to food. Ooh. <laughs> it's, so. it's, it's very, it's how you care, you know, especially uh-huh. in a time. Jewish, you know, like in those, um, you know, it, if you refuse, it's there's something wrong. Yeah. You know, so I agree. <laughs> you eat what you can. Okay. I'll be quicker with the answering the question. No, Sorry. you're fine. I, I, how much time do you have? Are you good? 
No, I'm good. Yes. Okay. I just have to make sure to call my wife and say good night to her. Oh, got it. Her. Absolutely. John 42. What was it like growing up with so many comedians? It was great. It was really fun. I mean, I liked trying to make them laugh. Uh, Mel Brooks came over one time to go to dinner with my parents and I was just a little kid. And he said, whoever can fart the fastest wins a dollar. He goes, <laughs> one, two. And I, I got a dollar. <laughs> Mel Brooks and gas. So uh, like Gene Wilder and, and, and Gilda Radner were, were at the house one time and I made them laugh. And, you know, like making the people laugh that were some of the funniest people in the world, in the business, you know, felt good and and getting their insight and stuff you know so um but mel was very influential 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 um and charles nelson riley i don't know if a lot of people know who charles nelson riley but he was so funny we had another family friend named joe sakari who and ruth buzzy um all these people just really were it was about making the other people laugh all the time it was not a competition but it was a competition you know like <laughs> mel mel wouldn't leave the house until he thought he said the funniest thing of the night then he was like All right, <laughs> you know so it was fun i was very lucky to be surrounded with these amazing you know genius people in the business so. uh dr essex uh what was it like working in vancouver it was great um, I, I didn't really realize the the idea, you know, I'm from L.A., so I had no idea that it could rain that long for that much time, you know, um, and that really just kind of affects you, you know, but everybody stayed at the Sutton. The Sutton was like, you know, Hollywood's elite. It's a beautiful um, in, hotel. Yeah, but I mean, you'd go to the bar and mm-hmm. you would see like, all these super famous people in the in the bar you're like wow these are famous people and this is so interesting and um so it was like being in a vip room but you were just in the hotel bar so i enjoyed that and of all the places that i've been i've worked probably the most in vancouver um over the years and I, i've i've loved it up there I, I really enjoy it and i think you know everybody's nice to a fault like if you step on someone's foot they go sorry yeah, right. You know, whereas like New York or L.A., it's like don't even make eye contact. And also there was a place right around the corner from the hotel where there was a Starbucks on one corner. Caddy corner, there was another Starbucks. And then on that corner was a coffee shop. <laughs> I was like, these Canadians love their coffee. So I actually shot uh, uh, these the four pop star movies in uh, Victoria which I really love that town. The food is so amazing and everybody was so nice. And yeah, I, you know, the, the crews in Canada, um, are not to say people in America are not professional, but the crews in Canada really are professional and take their jobs. <clears throat> very, very seriously. They all want They want to be there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like some of the people that I've worked with in America are just like, I don't want to do this, you know, but so I loved working in Vancouver and that's where my brother lives now. He lives in Vancouver with his wife and his son and he's a landed immigrant is what he is. So It's a, a great city. 
I, I go back every chance that I get. Uh, one of these days when COVID's over, you know, we're all gonna have to meet up there for GateCon again. Is COVID be over, or are we just gonna kind of adjust to it? Question yeah, mark. that's what I mean. You know, when when the COVID situation is uh, put put in its in its place, where everyone can you know do whatever. Forever's a long time. People are like, oh, this is never gonna end. Well, I mean, we'll we'll adjust. You know, but we have to figure it out. So. Everything David, right? I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna film you saying hello to Yulia. Okay. Okay. So, Yulia, this is David. David, this is Yulia. Hello. This is this is technology at its finest. Um, she just said to me, uh, "Are you still doing your thing?" Oh, so you I'm tell sorry, her man. How much... No, no. How about like, ten minutes? How's that? Ten minutes. Okay. Okay. Ready. I'll I'll tell Love you. Oh, you go ahead. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Hi, Yulia. My name is David. Thank you so much for letting me borrow David for a few more minutes. I'll have him back to you soon. I promise. Hope everything's going good in Germany. Be well. Okay. Perfect. Amazing. That was so sweet, <laughs> David. I liked you before, but now I really like. You. <laughs> Thank you. Burned Bacos wants to know. Did you know? that she did voice acting for the German voice for SGU. Oh, that she did uh, SGU. Cause you know, that's what Yulia does. She's a voice actress. Right. And she, director she voiced and, for Gid in, in Stargate universe. Yulia did. Mm-hmm. Come on. So burned. He was, David was today years old when he found out that uh, Yulia did the German voice for Gin. I'm okay, assuming wait, that burned has know. done his homework. Okay, so listen, somebody just said that you did a voice in Stargate Universe. Um in the second S- second season, season of Universe for Gin of of Universe of for Gin. Gin was the character's name. Gin. For Gin. Uh it's amazing. I can't believe that. What's his name? Uh, burned B E R N D. Burned. Burned knew that. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Okay. <laughs> Does anyone do text messages like that? It's so much easier. Just do a little voice. I, thing, you I, know? I, it's it's uh, both hands on the wheel in Arizona, so I'm always uh, texting by voice. So, and I like and it. just pray that it that it doesn't change any words around at the at the worst spots. Yeah, no, I do the talk text, but this is actually like the voice thing. You do, oh, like, you're actually sending a voice message. Okay, no, I don't. Yeah. Do that. Where I do a lot of, if I'm talk texting, I say, hello, exclamation point. How are you? Question mark. I do all the things. You have to. Absolutely. Otherwise, it looks like nothing. But burned. Thank you for telling me that. That's really interesting. That's a, a excellent trivia. That's great. Was there ever, William Aarons, uh, was there ever a proposed episode where Pete uh, came to Stargate Atlantis? I don't know. So. I never, I never got asked to, to uh, uh, come on Atlantis at all, which I enjoyed that show. And I've, I've hung out with a lot of those uh, actors w- with, you know, cause doing the conventions and stuff and they're all so nice. And um, rainbow was on the rainbow. Now. Oh man. Uh, what a great guy. I'm such a fan of his. He's such a really interesting, super cool guy. I like him a lot. He's a great human being. Yes. Romaine, how do you like Berlin? Any hangouts? Uh, I love Berlin. Mostly my wife's apartment, uh, especially with COVID, you know. <laughs> um, 
Italian restaurant around the corner that is so good. She lives in Charlottenburg. Um, and I love Berlin. Um, we got married there. Oh, really? Cool. We got married in something called the Standesamt, where it's a building where you get married and you deal with like death certificates and stuff. And that's it. That's wow. what they do there. And, and David, you get married in that building. Okay. They have like a room and you don't even meet the person. And they, they're like, come on in. And it's the justice you know, of the peace. Yeah. Yeah. It just wow. is. But like, that's how they do it. You know, I and mean, there was a lot of paperwork that had to be done. I love Germans are very efficient. Oh yeah. I like, you like know what clockwork. I mean? Like clockwork. Yeah. You it, don't it be is. late for your trains in Germany. In Italy, they'll no. take off like 45 minutes late. But in Germany, no. Exactly. There's a lot of kind of, and also their system. They're, they're you know, like you have to really choose to be homeless there. Um, like we were driving around in LA and there was like a homeless family. And, and Yulia was like, Who's, who, why isn't somebody helping them? And I'm like, well, you know, a cop drove by. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares. In, yeah. in some people don't want help. America. Want some to, people care. Some people, you know what yeah, but yeah, it's different. So, it's, but to, 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 to talk about Germany, I love Germany. Uh, uh, there's, there's so many wonderful places to go and that I've, that I've enjoyed. I've been going there for six years. So I, I, I love it. Wow. Sehr gut. If anybody speaks German, they know that that's really good. <laughs> Michelle Palmer. David, was it hard to pave your own way? as an actor without yeah, it was good and bad. compared to your dad. Yeah. Well, it was good and bad because you'd walk into a room and people would be like, Oh my God, you're dumb son. <laughs> you're so funny already. And then there were people who were like, uh huh. Go ahead. Be funny. Let's see. Yeah. So it was both ways. Um, we got in to see free movies and stuff, but then we had to like not have a full uninterrupted dinner because my dad was, you know, dealing with a fan or something. So there were there were positives and negatives to all of that. Um, and me and my brothers all said to my dad, we want to be in the business. And my dad was a big advocate of saying, you can only be have a childhood once, but you can always get into this business. So why not? You know, I mean, look, we did plays, we made home movies, right. we did all that stuff. And really, and I did like a TV movie with my dad where I was, I don't know, 10 or 11 or that kind of stuff if it was with my dad i was doing it but if it was not then it was kind of like with school or that kind of thing and not until i was able to drive a car and take myself to my own auditions was i then allowed and then i did a pepsi commercial and a levi's commercial and yeah so when i got my first job as like an actor on my own accord it felt it felt great. I was a drug addict in a TV movie called Seeds of Tragedy. And they were like, do you drive a stick? And I was like, of course. I had no idea how to drive a stick. <laughs> all, all I had to do was be pull up and be like, hey, what you got? Like I was buying like crack cocaine or something. And I was dressed as a like a, a yogurt and an ice cream guy. It was weird. Um, but that they just pushed me, by the way. I didn't know. I put it in neutral, and they just pushed me. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I, I, um, I don't know. I, I just, I would say it's a positive and a negative. Like, it was helpful, and also I had to then prove myself, mm. you know. So. Two more questions. And wait, let me just say one more thing. Yeah. Dave. 
I never had a career. I had a baby when I was 21 years old. So it was not about picking and choosing jobs. It was about, I need a job to support my family. So I got lucky when I booked Third Rock from the Sun and that turned into a recurring for seven years. And that was awesome. But I never chose a job. You know what I mean? I just was like, I need to work and earn money and support my family. And, you know, like very long time later, someone was like, so your career. And I was like, I don't have a career. I just have the jobs that I've done. You know what I mean? They Well, I mean, uh, grains of sand do make a heap. Say that again. Grains of sand make make a heap. I've had a I've I've had a couple of heaps. (laughs) Raj wanted to know if you were uh, had a chance to come back to to Stargate in this fourth series that Brad is working on. Hopefully we'll get off the ground. Would you do it? Of course. I would love to. I didn't know that, that that's happening. Is that there's it's, so. It, well, five chevrons out of seven chevrons are locked right now. So that's 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 the the phrase that's that's been going around is five chevrons locked. So we are getting there. Um, it's not guaranteed, but we are all praying. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, that would be great. That would be great. And so the answer is yes. All right. A couple more questions. I'll answer quickly. Just one more. Question. Just one, and then we're okay. done. Claire, uh, so, so we de- uh, my my group does Stargate tabletop uh, role playing games. So there's a role playing game coming out called the Stargate SG One uh, role playing game, and we get together uh, every few months on the show. We've only done it once, but there's going to be another one coming up for WonderCon, I believe. Would you be interested in joining us for an online role playing game session? Can I get more information on that? That's fair. Claire? Yep, so I'll send I you can... a link to the one that we did. So you okay. just you get you get an act, you get a character. You know, we we learn uh, together how to play the game in real time. It's all verbal. You get there's a map that shows where the characters are. There's someone who takes part in it's Dungeons and Dragons. I played a lot of D and D growing up, so but we'll talk more after okay. this. And I'll give Sweet, you my answer. I'll get more information. All How's right, that? my friend, this has been wonderful. Uh, having you. I've been waiting for the right time and it's like, you know what? I think I think it's time to bring David on. I don't know if that other interview is ever going to surface, so let's go ahead and do well, it. And it really means a lot to me to have you here. Of course. Thank you for having me, David, and, and I shout out to everybody. I hope you stay safe, stay healthy, and stay happy. I will give you a ring in a little bit, so I'm going to go ahead and, and cut you loose now, but I'll, I'll call you in a, in a little bit here just to, to wrap things up with you, okay? Alright, sounds good. Bye, Thanks, everybody. Brother. Thank you so much. Here, I'm going to make myself go away with my want. You ready? Abracadu, abracadam, abraca. Goodbye. <laughs> David Deloise, everyone. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Of course, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah.
And I think I muted my own mic. Sorry about that. So, all right. Going back to it before, if you uh, like what you've seen on this episode, I would appreciate it if you'd click the like button. It makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm. will definitely help the show grow its audience. Please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click that subscribe icon. If you plan to watch live, I recommend giving the bell icon a click so you'll be the first notified of any schedule changes, which will happen likely all the time. And we have merchandise. I'm so excited about this. Dial the Gate is brought to you every week for free, and we do appreciate you watching. But if you want to support the show further, buy yourself some of our themed swag. We're now offering t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, and hoodies for all ages in a variety of sizes and colors at Redbubble. We currently offer four themed designs and hope to add more in the future. The word cloud designs uh, have both a solid background or transparent background option on the site, so you have to click on them to look. Uh, So you have some flexibility in choosing a lighter dark color. Uh, Do keep that in mind when you're making your selection. Checkout is fast and easy, and you can even use your Amazon or PayPal account. Just visit dialthegate.redbubble.com, and thanks for your support. So congratulations to our winner for the Communication Stone for the month of February. You know who you are. For the month of March more uh more fun i i am so excited about this one it's it's hard it's hard to speak we are giving away an authentic uh prop from stargate atlantis you ready for this so you can own a piece of the pegasus dial home device for the month of february dial the gate is partnering with empire movie props to give away this piece of the DHD from the Atlantis episode, Phantoms. To enter to win, you need to submit a desktop, uh, or use a desktop or laptop computer and visit dialthegate.com. Scroll down to submit trivia questions. Your trivia may be used in a future episode of Dial the Gate, either for our monthly trivia night or for a special guest to ask me in a round of trivia. There's three slots for trivia, one easy, one medium, and one hard. Only one needs to be filled in but you're more than welcome to submit up to three. Please note the submission form does not currently work for mobile devices. Your trivia must be received before March the 1st, 2021. If you're the lucky winner, I'll be notifying you via your email right after the start of the new year to get your address. Big thanks to Empire Movie Props for making this item available to a member of our audience. That's all I've got for you guys. So Corin Nemec, Jonas Quinn himself, will be joining us in half an hour. So be sure to stick around for that. Hope you can make it. Big thanks again to Mr. David DeLuise for joining us. And that's all I've got for you guys. It's a, a tremendous, uh, tr- tremendous privilege to continue to uh, bring the show into uh, 2020. And uh, we're just going to keep on rolling with this. Big thanks to Summer, to Ian, Tracy, Keith, Jeremy, Reese, Linda, Gategabber, Fury, Jennifer Kirby. You guys make this show possible. My name is David Reed. See you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner. Co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acree. Animations by Bryce Ors. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith O'Mell, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, 
Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes, at dialthegate.com. <laughs>